Let's Talk PR and More. Public relations, media, publicity, integrated communications, marketing, digital, reputation management, and more. Let's Talk PR and More with award-winning PR strategist, Sherry Goldman. Hi, I'm Sherry Goldman, president of Goldman Communications Group, and welcome to Let's Talk PR and More. My guest today is Chelsea Pendock. Chelsea is an award-winning advertising strategist and managing partner of InnoVision Advertising. Chelsea has extensive experience in local and national advertising sales and a real insider's perspective of the media industry, which she uses to develop strategic plans to maximize her clients' advertising exposure. And I'm so excited she's here today. So welcome, Chelsea. Hi, Sherry. Thank you for having me. It's great. So we're going to talk advertising, needless to say. Um, And I want to start where public relations, marketing, and advertising are all part of the marketing mix. They're key components or legs of the stool, so to speak. And they're the key components of integrated communications, which is really where a lot of public relations and a lot of companies are doing. So it's so important that PR people understand what it is and how to use it and all of that. So I'm guessing a good place for us to start is, how do you define advertising? And it may be different how I define it, because in PR we do some paid media, we do sponsored content, native content, but how do you define advertising? Sure. Um, Well, advertising in terms of like comparing the two between advertising and public relations, the way I see it is advertising is paid media and PR is earned media. So whereas, um, let's say we're watching the Today Show, for example, public relations will be inside of the show and then advertising would be in the commercial breaks. Um, Although there are different types of paid advertising that could include like in-show sponsorships and things like that. Right. And we actually Um, call that public relations. You know, that's the paid piece. That's the paid piece of public relations, that sponsored content, that native response, native content where you sometimes have to pay for it or influencer. But I know that's where we overlap. Mm -hmm. So that's why I asked how you define it and how you look at it. Right. Yeah. So, um, for clients who are not working with a publicist or a PR strategist and they want to advertise, sometimes they will buy native advertising, whether that be um, in programs or uh, through digital advertising. And it's advertising that has the look of earned media. It might look like on digital, it could appear to look like a, um, you know, like a, an article. Um, it has like the, the, the headline, the picture, the byline, and it looks like an article, but really when you click on it, then it would take you to an informational site to learn more about the product. So it does take Uh, you to an ad, so to speak. Right. Yeah, it'll kind of, instead of taking you to an article, it'll take you to the homepage of the product that's being promoted. Gotcha. Okay. But, But simplistically, so you're defining advertising is anything you pay for and control. We look at public relations as uncontrolled. So you're looking at advertising as anything you paid for and controlled, if I'm understanding correctly. That's right. And with advertising, we have full control over the message as well. So um, with public relations, you know, we, um, I'm sure with, with what you do, you pitch on the topic and you provide as much info as you can to the person who's going to be promoting it. Um, 
and then we, you know, you hope that they kind of are educated enough uh, on the product to speak to it. With advertising, we kind of have a very limited time to promote our products. So we have a very, um, a very strict, uh, it's like we follow an exact script or we promote what we want to say within 15 or 30 seconds, but it's exactly how we want to say it. Gotcha. Yep. That's how I, okay. So that's good to know. Is traditional advertising and people think of traditional advertising as a print ad they may see in a magazine or a newspaper and broadcast that 30 second, 15 second commercial different from online advertising? Because I know so much of advertising has moved online. Yeah, they're, they're definitely a little bit different. Um, so with traditional advertising, um, mostly we're talking about like print, radio, or TV. And then with um, digital advertising, we're talking about mostly display ads, or it could be like a social ad, like a carousel um, in your Facebook newsfeed, or we could do video as well. Take a step um, back, because you know what those mean. So what is a display mm-hmm. ad and what is a carousel ad? Because those are jargon that you're used to and everybody else may not so sure yeah a display ad is essentially when let's say you're scrolling online and um you see an ad for a pair of shoes or something it's a graphic ad so it's basically just um an like artwork that's been designed like a, a website banner ad okay um and then when you click on the ad it'll take you to the product for those new shoes um, you might often see this sometimes when, let's say you go on a website, maybe you're on Amazon or something and you're browsing, you know, a pair of shoes and you don't buy them, but then you, you X out of the site and then you go somewhere else. And then those ads kind of follow you. It haunts um, me. It's everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those are retargeting ads, but that's a form of digital advertising where, um, we're going to try to get the customer who has shown an interest in the product, but they haven't taken an action yet. So we're going to follow them until they do take an action. Great. So your 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 goal is to stalk me, in other words. <laughs> yeah, and then to answer your other question, the news um, the news feed carousel ad. So right. that's basically when, let's say you're on Facebook and you're scrolling in your news feed, and you see an ad. And then um, let's say it's for a product for like holiday shopping or something, so apparel. Um, you you could actually just kind of scroll with your finger through all the different items. So there's multiple pictures okay. of the different items for sale. And if you click on it, then it'll take you directly to the website where you can buy that product. And that's what we call a news, uh, that's a newsfeed carousel ad. And that's a little different than like a static ad because a static ad would be just a standalone ad, um, a picture or video, but the carousel kind of gives you that opportunity to showcase more of your products all in one sitting so that the customer can kind of scroll through and browse. Gotcha. And and I guess it depends upon who you're trying to reach, who the target audience is, what you're trying to sell, what you are as a company, that kind of thing. Exactly. Yep. The message is going to be totally different um, depending on who the target audience is. And then where the ads are being shown is going to be totally different too, very dependent upon who that target customer is. What makes a good digital ad, Chelsea? 
I mean, how do you decide what to do? Yeah, so a good digital ad has to be, it's, it's, you know, you have very limited space to work with, but it has to be visually appealing. It has to appear trustworthy, and it has to be compelling enough to get somebody to click on it to find out more. It sounds hard to me. Factor, how do you do that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so basically, you really have to work with, a designer and a strategist, an ad strategist, who can come up with a good game plan. Um, to it takes a lot of research too before the pen hits the paper to figure out. So, what is the message that we're going to be saying to somebody, and then how can we convey that message in a way that's compelling? And then, what's going to be enticing enough to get them to click on that, like right now? as opposed to just ignoring it and maybe coming back later. So a lot of it has to do with your call to action, which is incredibly important, um, whether that be like um, uh, there's a sale going on this weekend, so you want to check, learn about that right now. Or if you click on the ad now, you'll save 30% off your purchase. So there's got to be some kind of hook that will get that customer to click on the ad right away. Right. So it, it sounds to me like you really have to have a good plan in place before you get started. So yes, let's talk about what that means when a client or a brand gets started. Do they start with the advertising strategy and plan? Do they start with the PR strategy, a marketing strategy? Where do they go? Because I do know every client, especially you do a lot of B2C work, consumer, um, they all want results today, and I'm sure as soon as they run an ad, they want a bazillion sales. So, but where does it start? Right. <laughs> it actually, like, you really have to plan both at the same time, PR and advertising, because you should look at it as one marketing campaign. Okay. Um, they are going to go hand in hand together. So let's say, like, for instance, we have the holidays coming up already. I know it's crazy, um, right? Or, yeah. <laughs> But, um, yeah, so so basically what you want to do is keep that – you want to come up with a message. So you're going to have to have a strategy, a strategic message. And then the PR campaign, the advertising campaign are both going to promote that message. Um, they're going to work in different ways, but they're going to work in tandem. So it's definitely important to come up with your strategy for both at the same time. Um, and then you also want to have your creative. So the creative is probably the next step after you come up with the strategy. And what? how do you to, define creative? Help us understand what that is. So creative in my industry for advertising is what is actually in your advertising. So what is the message? How does, how does it look? How does it sound? Um, is there video? Is there just print ads? Is it a radio ad? Um, it's all about the aesthetics of, and basically the creative is the aesthetic of the actual message that you want to send out to the world. And then with, in the PR world, yours is probably mostly copy related. So the talking points and, um, the benefits and all, all the actual copy, the text that's going to go around the ad. And, and then there's probably opportunities. PR is not my area, but 
I would say that there's also like opportunities for you to showcase the product as well. Um, so with yours, it's probably more of like descriptive and everything with ours, it's mostly visual and mostly, um, just getting that word out there aesthetically. So, and you're right, because what we have to do is, especially if you're talking product PR, we just can't say the product is there. We have to use it. If it's food, we have to create recipes. If we have to demonstrate it, if it's fashion, we have to do fashion shows and show how to wear it. It just can't be that, you know, this, this new hoodie came out. Um, that's more right. advertising. Um, so the visual is important. Is video more important than static photo particularly? And is there a difference? Well, obviously, if you're doing print, it's got to be a static photo. But online, when you look at digital advertising, is is it more compelling to be a video? Does it have to be video these days? What does it look like? Yeah, so statistically, yes. Video, in, in my personal experience, video has been more engaging. Uh, we've seen definitely higher engagement rates with video, meaning that the customers are interacting with it more, okay. whether that be they're actually watching the video to completion or they're clicking on the video to get to the website and then they're converting on the website, meaning they're taking a further action. Um or in general, it's just getting more ad clicks. So we definitely think that video has been tremendous in trying to get the end result because, you know, it's combining a, a, a audio, the visual. It really is a, an opportunity for the advertiser to get more descriptive. Um, you're actually putting that in, you know, the visual, the audio, everything right there into the, the consumer's mind, as opposed to if it was just text, then you're kind of, you're reading about it. Or if you're, you know, hearing about it, it's a little different than seeing it as well. So it's definitely more compelling, I think. Okay. Um, we've definitely seen a lot more um, engagement with it. However, we do still see a lot of credibility with print advertising, too, being showcased in a full page in a glossy magazine that, you know, it gives it some credibility and it also gives it, um, you know, it can be very effective as well. It's visually appealing. Um, so we've seen a lot of success also with, like, it just depends on the product. It could be radio um, or it could be print or digital, just having the the you know, the showcasing of the display ads or the, the carousel ads. But really, I would say if the client has the opportunity to utilize video, they should. Okay, that makes sense. And you had mentioned something before about magazines and display ads. Listen, I'm old school. I still get the newspapers delivered to the front door. I still get magazines. I love to flip through. You can look at an ad there. I know for me, when I'm online, I don't spend, that's me personally, I don't spend a lot of time on ads. They flip by. I know the younger generation watches everything on their phone, which means the ads are going to be super, super small when they're scrolling through. So how, how do you grab them? And are they spending enough time with that to engage? All of that is definitely a factor when coming up with a strategy for an ad campaign. Okay. And this is why I always tell clients, like, don't just plan on doing your advertising for one month and then stopping because yes, you're going to get lost in the clutter and you might as well, the truth is you might as well have just taken that money 
and go spend it on something else, oh. not advertising related, because it's wasteful. And you want to, what you really want to do with an ad campaign is to prepare for that. Like back in the day, we used to say that you needed a frequency of seven. So that means people needed to see your ad seven times before they even recognized your brand. Okay. Nowadays, that number is more like 27. Wow, that's a huge there are difference. So many advertisements out there now. Like, think about if an, um, a person who lives in New York City, the second they walk out their door from the time they get to work, they're probably passing at least 100 ads, whether that be on the podcast that they were listening to or the bus shelter that they passed, the taxi tops, the subway ads, everything. There's so many different ads and the ones not to mention that they scrolled through on their phone. Right. So in order to get through to somebody, you have to prepare for that. And that just means you have to up the frequency, meaning the amount of times that your ad is shown has to really significantly go up. And of course, like we're, we're not all like Coca-Cola who can afford to advertise everywhere a million times. So that's why you really have to be strategic about which media aligns best with your target audience. And then you want to invest in the frequency on those particular mediums. And is the, I mean, that's that's fascinating. We, I know about reach and frequency. I hadn't realized that it, there was such a differential. 27 times. Wow. And is it over a period of time? Do you have to look at it? You said a one month campaign doesn't make sense anymore. I'm not sure it ever made sense. But I do know that a lot of clients even in PR think we'll just do it quick, quick in and out will be fabulously successful. And there is something about doing something for the longer term. That's how you build a reputation. That's how you build a brand. That's how you build traction. So what makes sense? Mm -hmm. And one thing that's really important is even if you're a seasonal business and you're thinking, oh, well, I don't want to advertise all year long because I'm a seasonal business. So that really wouldn't make sense for us. But actually look at it this way. If you're a seasonal business, what you really want to do is advertise all year long, all 12 months. But then during your peak season, that's when you want to amp it up, really want to ramp up that advertising during the, the peak seasons so that people already know, they already know who you are from the year-round branding campaigns that you've been doing. But when you actually need those people to take a further action, that's the time that you want to say to them, okay, this is our peak season. This is, these are the incentives that we are offering right now. You want to take advantage of these now. Um, for example, I'll just use like Kohl's as an example. Sure. We all know who Kohl's department store is because they've been advertising for a long time. Um, but when they have a sale going on, that's when they ramp up their advertising. So we know like, oh, well, now we want to go there to get jackets, which are 50% off. And that's only going on for the next two weeks. So we really want to get in there now. But we know that because we're already familiar with Kohl's. They've been advertising for a long time. They're a trustworthy name. And then we know that right now is the time we need to go in because that sale is only going on for a limited time. So it's kind of like you're advertising all year round, but then you have peaks during the sale periods. And that's really how you get people in the door. So I'm going to put on my integrated communications marketing mix PR hat and say, you need to do the advertising like PR to build your reputation, to build awareness that you exist. 
And then when you've got something seasonal, when you've got something special, when you have something you need to, you can amp it up. But they will have already, the audience will have already known about you. You're not a new entity being introduced. So there's something for saying, I call it building the house, the foundation of the house. And you could do it with advertising and public relations to build awareness for that brand or organization that will make your seasonal ads pop more. But you, you can't just pop in and pop out and go away. That's exactly it. Exactly. Yep. And that's why that's I why people need us, Chelsea. Right. <laughs> they do. They really do. Especially like the PR. Um, it's it goes hand in hand with advertising. Oh, absolutely. Because, yeah. Like the advertising is really great for branding, but PR is really awesome for when something needs to hit the market now. Something's new. It's hot. It's it's what everybody wants. And you get that buzz only from the, the peak advertising and the PR. Right. So it's, it's definitely, they definitely go hand in hand for sure. And, and that makes so much sense. And that's why I know you and I, we preach to the choir that says, you should do all of this together and have an integrated campaign and start and all of that. And that's why you need, you know, people to understand that. Um how do you measure the results of advertising? I mean, how, how can you look at it? And is there a difference between a print ad and a radio ad? And we're on a radio station, so we love radio ads. And um, <laughs> even though it's a nonprofit station. And, and a digital ad. How do you measure what you get? If it's besides sales, because obviously the client can say, I got sales. But how do they know even where it came from? Right. So that's a really good question because there are a lot of ways to track advertising Mm -hmm. and every client is very different. Um, So there's not really a cookie cutter template that would say, hey, this is really just the best way to measure your advertising. It's mostly involving, you know, it really just depends on the on the customer themselves on the on the client. But um, some of the ways that we've tracked advertising before um, with when it comes to traditional advertising, it's a little more tricky to actually track the actual sale than digital advertising. With traditional advertising, we use things like QR codes or custom phone numbers. With digital advertising, we can actually see every step in the process. So we know how many ads were delivered we know how many ad, like how what the click through rate was of each ad, if it was a successful with getting clicks. Okay. And then we can actually track the customer who clicked on the ad, whether or not they took a further action on the website. Um, so there are a lot of different ways to track with digital. We can also track whether or not the creative was effective. If they were running two ads at the same time, we can see which ad got better results in terms of getting more clicks or getting more engagement or more conversions. Um, And then, you know, ultimately, we do look at sales. That is, of course, important. But um, on a more granular level, we do like to look at what creative was most impactful at getting those sales to where they were. And then the times of day that people are calling or clicking, those types of things are important too. So do you test that before you run out yeah. whole campaign? And then obviously. No. You have to actually go and run the campaign first. So sometimes we will do a test campaign or we'll start the campaign. 
Okay. We'll see. We'll monitor it really closely and then make adjustments as the campaign progresses. Um, but it's definitely all being tracked constantly. I know this is a strange question. Is there a good length of a campaign? It's not one month. I mean, I know you want clients to do stuff forever, and so do I. But is there a, or does it vary upon the product? What What makes sense? Um, I mean, it really it really depends. Like for for clients who need who are need to exist, you know, who are existing all the time and they need customers to come in through the door. Mm-hmm. I definitely recommend a long term strategy. Uh, typically, I would say that your advertising takes a little bit of time and momentum to start building up. So you do start to see results after like around two and a half, three months. Okay. That's really when we start to see the traction build and then it starts turning into sales. It t- and that's from starting from scratch. So if you really haven't advertised before, then that's when we would start to see results flowing in. Um, if you're having like an event or something, like if, um, you know, you're promoting a concert that's coming to town. Right. And that's a lot then, of what you do too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then you're not going to want to obviously advertise that concert, that particular concert year round. No. So you would really want to strengthen your ad campaign over a much more condensed period of time, just like a few months before the event starts or before the tickets go on sale for that event. So that wouldn't be like a long-term campaign, but more of like a very high-volume short campaign. Okay. And that would be obviously a lot more ads in a compressed period of time. Yes, exactly. And probably a lot more different mediums, a lot more ads, really high volume over a short period of time. It sounds great. Um, Learned so much talking to you. We're almost out of time. So what advice can you give people who are in school, either studying PR, advertising, communications, and want to get started? What's a good way for them to get started? Well, I would say find your passion. There's a lot of different things in the marketing field. So um, find the one you're most passionate about, and that's probably going to be the one you're going to succeed with because there's a lot involved in each of them, and they're really fun, and it's a very creative industry. So I would say that um, you do your best work when you're really passionate about something. So, you know, once you know exactly what it is you like to do, which is kind of hard, you got to dabble in all of them before you just make that decision. Um, I think you'll have a really easy time with it and the ideas will flow and, you know, you'll enjoy it. So just find your passion. That would be my advice. I love that. That's a great suggestion for everybody. And um, it's a great place to end. So, Chelsea, thanks so much for being here today. This has been fabulous. Oh, absolutely, Sherry. Thank you for having me. It's great. That's Let's Talk PR and more for today. You can find more information about the show and about me at Goldman Communications Group's website, www.goldmanpr.net. And if you want to hear this show again or any of the shows on our archive, you can listen to the podcast, which is posted on Goldman Communications Group's website, as well as on most of your favorite podcast sites, including Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and iHeart. Thank you again for listening. I look forward to talking PR and more with you all again next week.